the summer before I was like interning in nightlife for Vegas and like working for the NFL and like I was like I'm gonna make it like this is gonna be sick it's really hard to see progress like when you're in the thick of it hello my fellow Martians my name is Harry Mars and this is the on Mars pod where we take a deep dive into creative professionals entrepreneurs and other inspiring Martians alike Today, we are joined by marketing professional and photographer, David Ritter. You can't expect something to happen overnight. Like making 250 plus phone calls a day, like working from 5.30 to 3.30, like literally absolutely brutal, like hated it. Um, so we definitely got some stories to tell, that's for sure. Hello, my fellow Martians. Today on Mars, we have a marketing legend, one of my OGs in the film game, and one of my great friends. Everyone, welcome. David Ritter. Thank you for being here. What up, what up, what up? (laughs) (laughs) So on Mars, we profile creative professionals in the game, entrepreneurs and people inspiring other Martians alike. Um, So... That's why I brought you on today because you are someone that inspires me and I've worked with you professionally and creatively just on our own passion projects and I've seen what you've done and um, yeah, man. So you're just a perfect candidate for the uh, the people that I'd like to have on the show, man. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I fit the bill. Hell yeah, man. Yes, no, sir. Thank we, you. we definitely got some stories to tell that yes. for sure. For sure, man. Um, so overall, the experience that you've had and all of the years that you've been in the game as they say, um, what is one thing that you know now that you would like to tell your younger self? Yeah, I feel like the thing that everyone kind of says, and it's like really true, is just like you can't expect something to happen overnight. And like it's really hard to see progress like when you're in the thick of it. It's like one of those things that you like look back afterwards and realize like, oh shit, like I'm actually like doing stuff. I think you just need to like focus on those like small minute tasks and like have goals for yourself but at the end of the day like unless you continue and be consistent with it you're not really going to progress the way that you want i think just in like today's society it's very easy for you to see people that have like super quick fame like you know they post one video and they're viral or whatever that may be like you know tiktok and vine which was better than tiktok in my opinion but right. um just <laughs> oh, stuff gee. like that is like you don't necessarily have to be in that field to be successful. Um, There's like a ton of other ways to go about it. Um, It's just kind of like finding your lane and see what works and just not giving up. Um, And obviously, like, especially in the creative world, like you can be super creative at certain times, but you go through your slumps and phases. And it's just like, for example, like I I love photography. I shoot a lot. But recently, I, I don't think I picked up a camera for fun other than like work related stuff and I don't know, six months. So like, it definitely like comes and goes for sure. But just like knowing what you like to do and continuing to, you know, push yourself and put yourself in those situations, it's going to allow you to grow and put yourself with other individuals that can kind of help push you and inspire you because there's nothing worse than being around people that aren't um, 
I guess, advocates for you and they kind of just like bring you down, I guess. Absolutely. I think that's really great advice for your younger self, my younger self and oh, any, yeah. anybody else watching this, um, especially if you're creative of any kind, um, because that those are really good points that you need to remember in any type of field, you know, just in life. You, you can't think that anything that you do is going to happen overnight or that like you're going to be like amazing tomorrow at something if you're not good at it right now or like some a lot of people feel like uh like the imposter syndrome oh 100%. and you know and i think that's something that a lot of people that are in creative fields can relate to um when they're in rooms that maybe they feel like they shouldn't be in mm -hmm. but it's just like you're supposed to be there right then and there you yeah. know there's a reason why you're there so it's just like having the confidence in yourself at whatever place you are where you feel like mentally, I think that's something huge um, where like, do you, do you feel like you have a hold on that now a lot more than you did when you were, when you were younger? Is that why you, you chose that? Yeah, I think too. And a lot of the thing is like, especially like the route I went at least, like you have to make a lot of sacrifices. Like it's not like every day my job consists of like getting to do the fun creative stuff. Like you kind of have to like do some of the grunt work and like, do other aspects that fit within that job to get to do the stuff that you like to do. Right. Obviously to like make money, make ends meet and stuff like that. But I don't know. I feel like in today's world, like there's so many creatives out there that are just not necessarily appreciative, but like have to go the route that I guess that I took. Like, it's not like a, you know, Oh, I, I get to shoot all these big campaigns for all these big companies and, I'm a freelancer and I shoot with all these Instagram people and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like I got a job with like working marketing for a company and it's all like in-house branding stuff, which is like a lot more localized that, you know, may not have the like breath that something like, you know, those other people have. But like at the end of the day, like it's still very transcribable between the two. And, you know, maybe one day we'll we'll get to that point. But for now, I think like if you can just like tackle your city or like your you know area and do well at that like that's how you kind of get to where you are and obviously some people everyone's on a different path some people is earlier than others but i mean i think you just have to be consistent and determined and if you really want it you'll 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 figure a way out and yeah. life has a way of kind of landing it like setting it in your lap so to right. speak like if the timing's right Totally. If like, you're just focused on going like one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, rather than trying to like shortcut your way. It's oh, like for sure. Life will like show you the way kind of. Yeah. Cause like uh, senior year of college, like I, the summer before I was like interning in nightlife for Vegas and like working right. for the NFL. And like, I was like, oh shit, like I'm going to make it like, this is going to be sick. Next thing you know, like second semester comes around, that stuff ends, like still don't have a job, job, job lined up. Like I just like I was like so hyper fixated on finding like the perfect job out of college. Like I didn't have I I literally didn't start working, graduated in May, didn't start working until November and I took a sales job. Like making 250 plus phone calls a day, like working from 5:30 to 3:30, like literally absolutely brutal, like hated it. Um and then, you know, COVID came around and it was more of a blessing for me cuz it got me out of that situation. Um and then you know, unemployed for a while during COVID, just like started working on my craft again, focusing on it. All of a sudden, I just see like marketing job pop up for a weed brand. And I was yeah. like, oh, perfect. I've been smoking all day. So <laughs> next thing you know, they have all these questions. I took a bong rip and answered all the questions. I had an interview the next day. 
And it turns out the guy that hired me was super into film photography too. So I literally brought my T2. I pulled it out. He's like, oh shit. You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> so it's just crazy, crazy how that works out. So you mentioned uh, when you were interviewing uh, for that cannabis brand, your interviewer was uh, into film. Yes. Um, so why did you get into film and why do you love it so much? Yeah. I mean, at first... I was super, like my first camera I ever got was a digital camera. I got a Canon Rebel T2 and I got it because I used to skate with my homies. Yes. And not even regular skating. Longboarding. Longboarding down hills and, you know, the fake poser shit. So um, I just wanted to like film like my friends, like my high school was like super into the art scene. Um, So like we could, I really wanted to take photography classes and do all that. So I kind of got into it through that. Um, and then I kind of dabbled in it. Um, so we had like three photography classes. It was like regular photo, advanced photo, and then AP photo. I did all three of those. But during advanced photo, we did, um, we kind of like learned about film photography. It was cool. Um, I didn't really like get into it too much. But then once college came around, I was uh, getting a degree in marketing and I wanted to do more photo stuff. So I was like dual degreeing. I ended up dropping it because you don't really need a degree in photo to. Yeah, kind of go the route I wanted. Um, but I took like an entire film photography class. Like we were in the dark room, like doing all that kind of stuff. And I definitely got into it. But, um, you know, I got my first camera, Canon A1. Most people did that. Mostly shot like black and white depth, my own stuff. Because um, I don't know if a lot of dark rooms like do, at least now, like hand color film. Like most of it's like through the processor and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. There was just something about it. I was never, I really loved like the aspect of shooting, like framing your shots and like finding like different unique perspectives on things. But I like hated the editing process. Like when I shoot digital, like I literally would just like buy a photographer's like preset or something and just like throw it over mine. Cause I just like, I just hate that side of things. Like I love the like capturing and like the perspective aspect of it. And that's like the thing I like about film is you just kind of like pick your film stock and you have to like put the work in before to make sure your settings are all correct and your framing's all right. And then like once you shoot it, I mean, you can adjust a little bit here and there, but like nothing that you have to sit behind a computer screen. I just don't have the patience for that. Absolutely. So, and yeah, you shot you said you shot digital first before shooting film. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of gave you an opportunity to learn like settings and were you were you obviously majority of people were shooting on auto, um, at least like some type of auto settings to a certain degree, um, even if it was just like auto white balance and stuff. Yeah, like, like yeah those yeah. like things like that. But from the beginning, did you did you know about um, or were you using like custom shutter speed aperture? um and iso on digital because you learned about them in school um no more like youtube and stuff like obviously like you you know they would teach you that in like the intro photo classes they teach you that but a lot of times people do like aperture priority or stuff like that i typically just shot in manual um kept my aperture where it was and then adjust like the iso and even from the beginning yeah like because i feel like that's a good practice even like knowing what i know about photography now like i feel like that's a really good practice especially if you have like a good no definitely good lens i think it too just like depends on what you're shooting like obviously if you're shooting like action like you know you just have your shutters got to be really open right i wasn't like super into shooting sports like i did like do some stuff with nfl which is really cool but i also was like on the sideline with like a 50 millimeter on a full frame lens like i was shooting more like the behind the scenes rather than like the action itself 
Um, but no, I, I like just like, I've always liked just the, the, the branding side of things and just like creating a campaign and a look, almost like staging it and then like portraits working with people. Like it's kind of easy. Um, and then obviously like landscapes fun too, like going and traveling right. and doing stuff like that. But would you say for um, for photography in general that it is important for like any any young photographers watching this, any aspiring photographers um, to learn like the exposure triangle, um, like ISO and, oh, and yeah. or, or in film it would be film speed. Yeah. So and then shutter speed and um, aperture. Yeah. For sure. I think it's pretty like a simple. It is simple. It's very sure. simple. Like, But it's just like a, something that I think a lot of people overlook and like. Oh, for and sure. And they like they abuse auto. They just pick the camera up and be like, oh, it'll figure it out. Yeah. Wh- which or will get like, you. Auto. Ga, 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 you yeah. Know? That'll auto get everything. You, that'll get you like to a certain degree. But then yeah. once you get in those situations where, you know, it could miss. Um, it's nice to just like set that or like, for example, like my mom directs pageants and she forces me to. um you know take those photos and like when you're when you're inside and there's like custom lighting like the white balance is like so important yep. so whether that's like getting with the production team to know like what their light settings are so you can like change your your white balance and make sure like you know like sometimes you're shooting inside and there's like these harsh like yellow lights like and if you don't adjust your white balance you're going to have that kind of yellow look the entire time and that's not what you're going for knowing your lighting i think is very important um and um yeah I, I think it's it's cool that you can you came into the game so young still already knowing about like those settings and like knowing how to use things and i mean mm-hmm. of course like i'm sure you you uh started with a limited knowledge of it and then as you did it you probably grew more and more and more oh yeah um but then you were able to just translate that knowledge straight into film mm-hmm. so it's just like same thing yeah. you know just the composition and then the process of actually like getting it developed and that whole process was like the other arm of it it's definitely cheaper to shoot digital that's for sure 100 percent. well it's more of an initial upfront cost yeah of and course. then like obviously you know you need 20 bucks a month for lightroom photoshop but yeah but um with uh with film too something that we've talked about in the past that's um a lot of people um you know kind of overlook is film you have to be very intentional Mm-hmm. You know, because you only have a limited amount of exposures on yep. a roll. Yep. Um, with digital, you know, you could just rifle it, ga 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 ga, and uh, hopefully you get something, ga 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 Um, but with the film camera, like you said, it's like you gotta like set, make sure your settings are right, like make sure like everything is set before you you shoot, and it's just mm-hmm. like, and then once you shoot, it's just like one and then crank and then just like hope hope like maybe do like another shot just in case case it doesn't go uh right you know but it's just like you can't do a double take every time Mm because that cuts your roll in half like if i was shooting like for example i did a shoot literally this week um for a campaign we're working on and I shoot on an RZ67, which is medium format, and I only get 10 shots per roll. Right, because that's six by seven. Yeah, and if I was shooting digital, I would have probably taken like over a thousand photos, and we were there for two hours, and I shot, we shot some Polaroid stuff here and there too, but um, I shot five rolls, so I literally took 50 photos, and that's it. That's crazy, bro. I mean, but I'm sure that they were heat. (laughs) <laughs> of the of the fifty, like there was probably like forty to forty five, which were like 
good. Hell yeah. I mean, that's great ratio. Yeah. I, I've gotten yeah. like very good at focusing with the RZ, like right. especially on like products and like lifestyle stuff, which can be very difficult because people like to rush it. Yeah. Um, but that's why, you know, it was 100 degrees. I was drenched in sweat after because I hold my breath too much. But <laughs> yeah. hey, no, it's like a sniper, bro. Uh -huh. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why am I so gassed? I was barely doing anything. You are holding a fucking tank. Exactly. RZ67 like is not small. 15 pounds. Yeah. Maybe. It's, yeah, I don't I know mean, if that heavy. It's, well, with the prism it's on the top, it's Yeah, with the heavy. prism, it's, it's heavy. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, this isn't on my notes, but I think for the layman people that do not understand the difference between 35 millimeter film and medium format film, 120, let's explain for the people why there's. A benef the benefit of shooting medium format over 35 millimeter when it comes to product photography, portrait shots, especially when it's going to be like blown up for yeah. like large format print production, 100%. stuff like that. I mean, the, the basic, like the super simple way is like the negative is just way larger. So there's a lot more information, a lot more like memory on it, so to speak. Right. Um, so you can got it, like it's just a bigger negative. You can blow it up a lot bigger. There's a lot more detail within the image as opposed to a 35 millimeter, which you do get anywhere from, you know, 26, 27 shots to 36, um, even 24 sometimes, too. But uh, the negative is just way larger. There's just a lot more memory in it. And that's why you only get a certain amount of shots for it. And I feel like if anything, medium format, you have to be even more intentional Absolutely. than 35. Like 35s, you know, your classic point and shoot, the stuff your, you know, your parents probably used back in the day to take photos of their friends. I like the point and shoot too. I have one of those, but that's more of like, I just bring that around with me and casual shoot, shoot. kind of shoot whatever. Yeah. Which I haven't done in a while, which if I don't, Nick is going to kill me. So I will be doing that very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but still with, um, with, you know, with the AE1, you know, that's 35 millimeter, mm -hmm. like manual, fully manual, um, camera like the rz is fully manual but like to choose the rz over the canon um even though you know you could get that is because it's a larger negative so that way you just have more information so when you blow it up or even if you're using it on social media just the detail is going to be a lot higher mm -hmm. the quality and the sharpness is going to be visually a little bit cleaner um than a 35 millimeter is that correct yeah and i think the big thing too with the rz is like it's almost like an accordion where like you can get insane focus and like fixate on certain things and get super super close to the product yeah whereas like you know there's only a you can only get so, so close, close with, with the, the 35. 35 jeans buy me a coat oh snap man we're still saying the same thing this is amazing carrots pumpernickels glow sticks twins no dude yeah, yeah, especially like that. I feel like a 35 is like a perfect like walking around type of camera. Like, yeah, you can do some good portraits depending on your lenses. But like most of my 35s, I have like a 35 millimeter on it. So it's like not pretty wide. Yeah. It's pretty wide. It's more like I I'm like more like documenting stuff. Like if I'm going on vacation or walking around a town or something that I haven't seen in a while. Um, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Where like the RZ is like, okay, I'm taking portraits. I'm doing product stuff. Something that's more intentional. Yeah. And obviously you can still get like great um, landscape stuff with that too. But I just, I don't know. Once you shoot medium format, you will understand it is. Just, I like it so much better. It's amazing. No, yeah. for sure. I have uh, Yashika. The, uh, uh, Yashika. What is that? Matt 124G. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Six thing. by six. Six by six. And mm -hmm. I get 12 exposures. Yeah. And then... 
There's six, four, five. Which is 16. 16. Yeah. Interesting. Like the, uh, the Mamiya. Fuji GA 645. Mamiya has 645, yeah? Uh, yeah, they have 645. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. Uh, medium format. If anyone is uh, like just learning about medium format now, just hearing about it now for the first time, wondering what 120 film means. Um, also, never call it 120 millimeter because um, <laughs> it's not. And uh, well, if you're just hearing about it, go fucking look it up. <laughs> look it up. Go get one. Look it up and figure it out because uh, I think that's something that's going to come 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 back soon because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times like a lot of these like cover arts back in the day a lot of these magazine shoots back in the day they were shot on medium format Hasselblads and, yeah and, like, and, yeah, and like, the, the RZ yeah like, a lot RZ of huge, I was like a huge. studio camera yeah exactly so it's like these I feel like these things the same way that like the the AE1s and the consumer level uh, mm-hmm. 35 millimeters mm-hmm. All right, kind of made a comeback. I think the uh, K one thousand. The oh yeah, K one thousand is the Pentax. Yeah, that is Pentax. Yeah, that's still a consumer level thirty five yeah, millimeter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like that kind of level of camera, like made a comeback. I think the medium formats will definitely make a comeback. Dude. They they do. I just don't know if there's as it's not. I don't think as many of them were made, just yeah. because you know they weren't like that consumer. It was more like you know the professional style. You can still get them. I mean, I got mine from the original owner. They were made in the eighties. I used my stimulus check for it. Thank you, the government. Um, Stimmies. Howard. Shout out Howard for my camera. <laughs> yeah, shout out Howard, bro. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he gave you a pretty good deal on that. Yeah, yeah. I think I paid for an entire kit, three lenses, a Polaroid back, which you can't even get filmed for anymore, a 220 back, also can't get filmed for anymore, and a 120 back. I paid 1500 bucks. Stupid. And that was what two was two, years ago. Yeah, two yeah. years ago. 20, now I use it. I had to get a new lens and a new back just because, you know, I use it so much. But yeah. Um. So we haven't talked about um when you went into college because you went to college at U of A. Yeah. Um. So you lived on campus. Yeah, for three years. For yeah. three years yeah. in Tucson. Yeah. Um. So what was that experience like? And you said you. You were working in for Hakusan, and you did work with the Arizona Cardinals while you were in college before you graduated. Yeah, my senior year. Oh, so yeah. okay. So this is your senior year that you did that. Yeah. So okay. I mean, my freshman year, we, I lived like in the dorms, like everyone else. Joined a fraternity, did all that kind of stuff. Mostly just partied and. Yeah. Was it hard to have like a balance of school and part like personal life? Not for me. I don't know. Like I went. I went to like a very good high school that kind of like forced me to just be better, I guess. I always just like had higher standards. My parents always had higher standards for me. So like I I definitely there was definitely a little bit of lack of effort. However, I think just like I'm I was smart enough to pass with flying colors type of thing. Yeah. Obviously in college you kind of figure it out. There's test banks, there's all that other stuff to to figure out, but yeah, he no. said there's <laughs> test banks, dog. They didn't always work, but <laughs> eight times out of ten, failed a couple times, but you know it was all good. No, I think I graduated with like a three six, so I did well. I did well, but um, hell yeah. No, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the times people are more so focused on extracurriculars than like college itself, too. You know, Absolutely. you're coming to a new, a new school with new people that you don't really know. 
you know, once you're out of high school, a lot of people go to different colleges. Like, I don't think like my best, best friends didn't go there. So, you know, I had to make new friends and stuff like yeah. that. But it's funny because all my new friends literally grew up and lived like 20 miles from me growing like when I was in high school, which is just wild to think about. That is crazy. Um, but yeah, then my sophomore year, uh, I like interned with the director of photography for the Alumni Association. So we would like go out and shoot like stuff around campus or like anything that was like school related, whether that's um, like interviews, like video interviews. So or this was your first like photography gig. Pro yeah, yeah, I would say other than like doing senior photos or anything like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So like I would go and do like different campaign work with him, whether that's like headshots or video interviews or going out to we didn't go to Biosphere, but we went out to like the agriculture school and like filmed a bunch of stuff um for like the uh, alumni association magazines so i learned a lot from that um but i feel like i wasn't really like into it i was more just like worried about like hanging with the frat dudes and getting drunk and stuff like that yeah but, like what were you gonna do after you did exactly and i was always yeah. like hungover going in there i'm like oh i don't want to be here right yeah. now like i only i didn't work that many like days a week but yeah there's a golf cart which was sick i got to drive around and nice. act like i was the shit <laughs> act like i was the shit you know i mean um so going into college you knew that you wanted to be in the creative world in marketing kind yeah. of to a certain degree yeah, yeah so i mean i think that's really important going into it knowing what you want to do because you ended up actually like doing, doing that exactly. yeah, yeah. like that's huge right like i knew what i wanted to do but like i knew like kind of a direction i didn't know exactly what i wanted to do or right like where i was going to be all i know right. is i wanted to do i wanted to be in marketing and i want to do something creative with it right like i wanted to like use my like passion for photography and have that translate into like marketing in some sense because my but like my entire family like my dad my sister they're both like super they're sales they work in sales and yeah. like ah that's just like not really my speed like i need to have some sort of like creativity or like thought process behind stuff um and kind of just like fell in my lap like in-house branding advertising is kind of like the perfect fit so yeah man i feel like that's like such a leg up like when it comes to like your own personal development after college um and during college too because it's like you're working towards the same goal the whole time like it's not like because so many people like they'll start college not really knowing what they want to do and then like don't do these like extra opportunities like that in, in a field that they'd like to be in so because i feel like even though that was something you were going into hungover and it was like at the time you were not really taking too seriously mm -hmm. i think it's super foundational to who you ended oh, up becoming for you know sure. For sure. um but it's like people that don't know what they want to do they don't get those opportunities because they're not putting themselves in that position because mm -hmm. maybe they don't know that they want to do that um but it's like i think they're at such a disadvantage when it comes to going to school at all because it's just like you're going for nothing basically where it's just mm -hmm. like if you're not going for something that you can apply in the real world after college then it's almost like why are you going like that's how it feels to me yeah like a check the box type of thing yeah and i i just think too just like a lot of my friends like yeah we like to go do all that stuff but we all like had that drive like we all know what we wanted to do and like we weren't gonna just like but like we can do all this stuff, but we can still like get to where we want to be. Yeah. And and I guess like to kind of like, I guess, play both sides, like going to college for the experience of college, 
that's cool too mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do yeah, yeah, yeah. and like if you want to have like the social aspect and like the networking aspect and you know sometimes that could be something very beneficial to you as well like you can you can start companies in college with friends that you meet out there you know with people that are um you know you can maybe find things about yourself that you didn't know about yourself you know um find your real passions mm-hmm. from not knowing what you want to do so i guess there is benefits that can be can can be taken from it as well but i think um if you go through it and like don't explore the, like the world of college and like don't take advantage of like social ac- activities and like extra stuff opportunities and if you're just going just to check the box and like say you went to college and like you didn't make any connections at all and you learn and you have a sh- like some degree that you're never going to do anything with it's just like dude you just have like so much debt like that you can never get yeah. rid of. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think going for it, it's just like you put yourself in a position where every time you apply for a job, that degree that you have is 100% relevant. Oh, for it's sure. Like, and it's it's funny, though, because still a lot of people, I think it's changing, but definitely like a lot of people still like require you to have that a lot of jobs. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I, I was very blessed to not be in debt. I, you know, I went in state, I got scholarships. Luckily, you know, parents had money to set aside for something like that. So, I mean, I, th- I think it's just honestly, like a lot of it comes down to just like how you, how you were raised. And a lot of the time too, if you, you had parents that were like super controlling and stuff, this is like their first time of like being out and about and they just go wild and crazy and don't get, have their priorities set straight. And yeah, I mean, I think if you you just know what you're going into, obviously those those people that are studying like medicine and stuff like that, you know, who don't really have crazy extracurriculars, but like you need to like yeah. you're studying twenty four seven if it's, you're doing yeah. stuff like that. Those types of careers you need to go to you need to go to school. Yeah, like but, if you're gonna be a doctor, if you're gonna be a yeah. dentist, something like that, I think it's like totally. But if you go to business school, like dude, everyone in business school was yeah, drinking that, like, like, like nonstop business, you like know, or like, like communications. Like if you're not doing extracurriculars, like you're gonna graduate and have no idea what you want to do right and you're gonna take some corporate ass job that you're gonna or not or not or you can't even get one or you go work at like a retail store a retail store or you become a bartender yeah or yeah exactly or you don't need to even get (laughs) or you start an only fence uh (laughs) feet finder whatever you want to call it feet finder but dude that's the thing like a lot of people go they work in these restaurants and they just get so like obsessed with tip money yeah yeah like they get so obsessed with that yeah that that if they don't go into like sales or something like that like they're never like there's so many people that just like don't ever leave the restaurant world for sure it's just so easy we're talking about partying and stuff like that but uh and you know the opportunity you had to work uh with the alumni but you we're uh, given an opportunity to work in Las Vegas with the Hakusan Group. Yes. So what what was that opportunity, and how did you how did you come across that? Um. So the it was essentially I was just a marketing intern for the summer. Um. So I basically did everything from organizing photos to building PowerPoint decks to sitting in meetings. Um. And just kind of like getting a whole understanding of what the world is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's definitely something different, let me tell you. Like you wouldn't it, want to be in, in it oh, like full no. time? 
No, I mean, I thought it was really, I think it's fun, but I'm not necessarily like a night owl. Like yeah. after like three months of it, like I was like, Tough. oh, I definitely want to come back. I loved the people that I worked with. Like we were super close. Like I still talk to them to this day. Um, and they were super supportive and they were all like, oh, you don't want to come back here. Like you're going to get some big boy job and blah, blah, blah. But it's really cool. Like the benefits are definitely there. Like the pay is okay, but like the benefits are there. Like, oh, you get to go to all these shows and these nice dinners and get all this free alcohol and all these like party favor type stuff, not drugs, but um, <laughs> like all there's like so many it events and creative events that they put on. And, you know, next thing you know, you'd have some custom bottle with your name on it or a cigar box or a candy crane like with your name on it or something like that, just for like invitations for all these like industry events, which was really, really cool to see. Um, at the time I was dating this girl, her dad worked there. Um, oh, nice. Or he worked uh, in just like hospitality. So he kind of hooked it up with that. That's cool. Um, so I was definitely, definitely blessed for that. It was a, gr it was a great experience. Um, they actually offered me a job after college. However, uh, it just really, the, the pay which wasn't there and I didn't want to move from phoenix to vegas um, totally and i'm glad it didn't because of covid and all that other stuff but still talk to him to this day like definitely had opportunities arise to go back there but i just kind of like where i'm at right now so yeah but i mean everything happens for a reason like, oh, the, for sure. like they always say so it was a cool experience but you had your time with it and mm -hmm. you guys are done now yeah but and, and the cool part too is like we got to, I, you know, I'd go to the clubs like probably every Friday night because they're only open like three days a week. So I worked at uh, Jewel Nightclub, which is at the Aria. And they have Liquid, which is also at Aria, which is like a day club. That's all um, owned by Hakusan. Yeah. Well, it is. Now it's Tau Group. So oh, during okay. COVID, everything kind of consolidated and condensed. But okay. um, it was Hakusan. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they, so they had like a nightlife division and then they had a restaurant division. So just like hospitality as a whole. Yeah. And they, you know, they had restaurants all over. There's restaurants in Cabo and nightclubs oh, wow. and so like Bali Vegas. and stuff like that. But Vegas was like the main hub. Yeah. Because I think the first Hakusan was in London. It was like a restaurant. Um, but no, it was super cool. Like got to meet like these reps from Don Julio. We had like dinner with um, Lil John. Oh, shoot. Don't ever ask Lil John to take his glasses off. Like if you Google that, you'll... He looked crazy. Yeah, he looked a little crazy, dude. I'll put, put a picture right here. Um, like we did a whole video shoot. <laughs> we did a whole video shoot with Brody Jenner, like walking around all day, like super nice guy, like all based on like his shoey. Like he did he takes like pours beer in a shoe and drinks it. <laughs> so we we went we like went to a shoe palace and bought oh a pair of shoes God. and like filmed him doing that. Like it was out fun. of a new shoe? Yeah, out of oh, a new nice. shoe. And then he just like gave oh, that's pretty cool. away after. So it was nice. cool. It was a good time. It's all soaked in beer. Um but yeah, and then, and then as soon as that ended, uh, I had to drive back. Like my last night, we went to the nightclub and like I, we had some fun. We had some dinner, all that Your stuff. Your last night? My very last night in Vegas. And then I had to get up early the next morning and drive back to Phoenix to pick up some stuff uh, because I was starting to do the NFL thing. So I was like... Dang, so one led right into like, the other. We're directly into the Whoa. other. So I was just like kind of riding that high. Yeah. Um, and how did that... The NFL, like was that through school? No. So uh, obviously like another connection. Through I, your girl? No, 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 no. Just another person? Yeah, yeah. Dude, so, Davey's like, connected. Uh, my family... Damn. Yeah, I had a bunch of family friends. Uh, one specifically who worked for the Cardinals. Um, and I was constantly reaching out to her like, 
what can I do? Like, I'd love to get an internship. Like, because I wanted to be like in the sports world, not necessarily the other shooting, the other world. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, yeah, just like, marketing like in general, or like sports site, media yeah. stuff. Um, and so the that. NFL that that year released this new program called the LCC program, which is like live content correspondent or correspondent or something like that. And essentially, what they would have is they'd have two media people stationed per. Um, per stadium for the NFL that way like the media teams wouldn't have to travel as much so we would like at we you know meet with someone at the NFL who was like you know our manager and he would you know send us a list from both the teams like this is the shot list this is what they want captured um and we would basically get content take it live on the field whether that's you know social stuff the walk-ins stuff during the game like iPhone footage of someone scoring anything like that and then like immediately send it to um the social team oh wow so like they were on slack it. and then yeah. they would just take it you know edit it repurpose it and then post it on their stories yeah on their social channel and that's how they do it so fast yeah exactly so like i literally had like a little dongle i'd pull my sd card out and then put it into my phone directly download it and send it oh and we wow. had like a private wi-fi to connect it was cool it was definitely a great experience it was very stressful for sure just like it's very fast-paced yeah i mean um, it, you you have to make sure you get all the shots too yeah and i was driving you know i'd be up from tucson like every other week Oof. like luckily my you know my dad's here so i'd just stay with him for a night or something right. or come the night before or whatever it might be but how long is that drive uh like an hour and a half two hours oh, okay so it's not too bad, but too like, bad. but after, still, to have to do it every week. Yeah, sometimes I'd wake up early and then drive directly to the stadium. You know, it's like a two-hour drive to the stadium, or, you know, I, after the games, I'd drive. I usually after the games, I'd be so exhausted, I'd stay. Um, but yeah, it's it's it was exhausting. Yeah, to then sure. drive back to Tucson. Oof. Yeah, especially like the weekends where it's like back-to-back -back home games yeah. and stuff like that. But because we only did the home games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was a good experience for sure. Man, no, I made me want to realize that I do not want to do sports photography. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> live action sports photography, and that's funny. Live action, live action, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was gonna say, I think it's interesting that like you say that because I was gonna ask you if like doing both the uh, Las Vegas experience and having the Arizona Cardinals experience, um what did that show you about what you want to do versus like what you don't want to do like what are those things that you don't want to do like you know like is that you don't see yourself like living that life is that like uh, is that was that clear after you uh had those experiences like that was fun but wouldn't do that for the rest of my life uh the vegas thing not so much though because there's still like a very you know day-to-day -day normal aspect like i was still in the office like nine to five every day um and like there's definitely a lot of creativity within like these campaigns and stuff that they put together and like PR packages and stuff like that. And I I I thought that was very insightful. The NFL was more just like we were kind of there like grunts doing the hard work and uh, not yeah. getting paid a lot. Like, oh, I get that's the NFL on my on my resume. Like that's crazy. Like if I were to like do that that sort of thing, like I'd want to be like on a team's creative, team. like on yeah. like the digital team for one of the teams, you know, not just employed by the NFL. Type. Yeah, yeah. no, like not just there to like shoot game day. Like I'd rather be shooting like other stuff, like more like behind the scenes, like stuff like that. League like, fits. Yeah, stuff like and that's like the, that was my most shared thing was just because I didn't even have the right equipment to do the like live stuff like all the game day stuff like them walking in like the players would come up to you and they're like 
oh, bro, like, you got to send me this right now. Like, and we were specifically told not to do it. But, like, what are you going to tell a NFL player? Sorry, can't do that. Obviously, I sent them. And, like, there was, there were some teams that are some players that were, like, you know, they just, like, become your homie. And they, like, oh, you got me. You got you, bro. Like, <laughs> get the photos. And That's funny. There's a photo of me next to like, next to um, some player, and he's just, like, looking at my camera, and I'm all, like, smiling, giddy. It was pretty cool. It was a cool experience. Bro, it's like he sees you before the game. It's like, yo, bro, <laughs> second quarter. <laughs> yo, you got that yeah. shit, dude? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, give me a sec. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Goes back, scrolls back. And then yeah. You're just like, yeah, check it out. <laughs> it was pretty cool um so then after you know these these trials and tribulations i guess trying to find your final direction and we kind of touched on it earlier um it went into like covid times and then you ended up finding your way into the cannabis space mm -hmm. um so um how like like, how is the cannabis industry different from any other industry that you worked in? Uh, it's just, like, very, 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 very regulated. Yeah. So, like, marketing as a whole is completely different than, like, any other job you could do. Uh, it's cool, though, because it's definitely a new industry where, you, you know, not a lot of people know about it and everything is changing so quickly and so fast. Like it makes you kind of stand on your toes and allows you to be that kind of trailblazer, at least from a marketing perspective. Like to this day, like we do certain campaigns and certain, you know, social stuff that you see other brands copy like blatantly yeah. like it's so similar to what we're putting out yeah and it's nice to be like that person who's i guess setting the standard exactly yeah. like we were the ones that came up with it and at, at the at the end of the day you know people get a little upset like oh my god they're copying me but like like copying and like mimicking is like supposed to be like the greatest form of flattery so like 100 percent. like don't take it personal myself. like if you're doing something right that's why people are also doing it right so for sure and that goes for anything i feel like um with with anybody listening to this if if you're doing something and even if that's like setting a trend like with your fashion or um if you're doing something with your company that's innovative and you find other people copy you because it's a good idea take it as a compliment because yeah. that's like david said the highest form of flattery that's uh you know mimicking and copying whatever. and you got yeah, you got so. you got more important shit to focus on than yeah. worrying about what other people think so yeah and it's like if you're if you're out here getting copied then just like keep innovating mm -hmm. so that way they have more stuff to copy exactly not showing your cards and stuff like that too early and like i think there's like strategy to kind of like revealing stuff and mm -hmm. So that way, by the time they copy it, you're already on your next stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You already know. Um, so um, smoking weed is a uh, a topic. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is a topic. We enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, so Arizona is a medical and recreational state. Um, so... We worked together at a cannabis company and we used to regularly, you know, partake. Indulge. Indulge. A little bit. Just a little um, bit. Maybe more than a little. <laughs> but I know as of recently, um, for the past six months? Five-ish, yeah. Five months you haven't smoked. No, nothing. Nada. And, um, 
you know, I think we talked about this. It's kind of funny that you work for a cannabis company, yeah. but do not smoke. The amount of weed that I get. For free. For free. Can't even smoke. But hey, you know, hey, it, I get, give it to all the homies and yeah. they, they give me shit. So that's the way out. to do it. A little trade tease. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, but I was going to talk about how cannabis um, affects mental health. Yeah. And how it can potentially be uh, negative. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was smoking pretty much every day for like seven to eight years. Well, not necessarily every day. Yeah. Eh, pretty damn close. Yeah. Like, give or take the first couple of years, maybe not every single day. But, I mean, when we were at that job together, I'd be waking up. I'd, I'd be coming home and taking like a dab. And I'd get so high that I'd fall asleep at like 8 or 8.30. Then I'd wake up at 5 and could not go back to sleep. In the morning, yeah. Take another bong rip. Get in like a bath, take a shower or something, and then like fall back asleep and then go into the office. Damn. And then, you know, we would, you know, hit the Puffco or whatever we All would day. do. It, and it's just a lot. Like it's, it, it was fun for sure. But I, I think I just got to the point where I didn't even know, like I didn't have control of my own mind. So it just got to the point where like, I just, I don't know. I was just having like really bad anxiety and like panic attacks, like when I wasn't high, which is the thing. Yeah. Um. So it just got to the point where it's like, I don't even know how to, con and I, you know, like anxiety started coming, I don't know, like four years ago. And I kind of was just like, oh, it's just because, you know, I'm graduating college. I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, kind of made like a shift there and didn't ever stop smoking weed. And then it kind of just like ebbed and flowed. It kept coming back or, and then it would like get less and less. And then, you know, spike up again, depending on what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I just, it just got to the point where that was the one thing I never cut out. And then the anxiety came back and it was pretty bad again. And I think it just like narrowed down to like, I didn't have control of my own mind, let alone like using a mind altering substance. Right. And it just became like so habitual at that point. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm just trying to like smoke with the homies. It was like, I'd come home, smoke weed. Like, yeah. and, and then like I'd leave the house if I was a little high and like I'd be all paranoid. And like that paranoia, like, translated over to like when i wasn't high yeah the anxiety yeah and i would just like constantly be like so in my head like it, it, it just got to the point like the breaking point i just like had to stop like i just like i maybe this is what's causing it yeah so and it's, it's interesting because people talk about how it's not addictive and um and you know yeah but mentally it's like it's like a, one of those like yes but yes you know it's like yes but mentally you yeah. crave it and yeah. it's not, and it's like you could call that an addiction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to just be, be oh. real with themselves about. Be, yeah, be aware. Um, of because it. sometimes it's like it's one of those things that, like, if I don't bring attention to it, it's not real. Mm -hmm. If I don't call it an addiction, it's not. You yeah. know, but it's just like call it what it is, and be real with yourself. And it's like if it's it's if it's affecting you negatively. Probably stop. stop. Yeah, and it's just like I think that's super important, especially now when weed is just so, so readily strong, available. so readily available, but so strong yeah. too. So it's it's a oh, lot yeah. easier to get like messed up. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. So it's just like super easy to like get anxiety from smoking because of these like super high concentrated THC levels. People taking dabs now, especially people that don't smoke, taking dabs and like mm -hmm. those types of things. I think. It's like it's cool that like it's progressed so much and I'm I'm a big advocate for medical and recreational cannabis always have been always will be but it's like I think with anything there needs to be moderation for sure 
and um, knowing your limits for absolutely sure. yeah. and it's like i'm i'm so happy that like you're at a place mentally that you feel like you don't need to smoke mm -hmm. and you also have been able to combat this anxiety that you used to have and you you've been to therapy yeah. for mental health issues that you've had that you've been able to work through while being completely sober yeah and i think that's well, some, still, well, drinking a still a little drinking <laughs> but well like not smoking which yeah. i feel like that's like the biggest thing and it's not like and when you drink it's like you're not drinking to get no, drunk every no, time no, no, it's no, like no. you're not drinking every day and it's like occasional casual base, social drink. Ca yeah. exactly so it's not like you're not getting messed up to the point where like you were when you were smoking. Yeah, because I was smoking multiple times a day. Right. Like just at that point, it, it, it was just uh, something I needed to change. Um, I'd, I'd much rather not be smoking weed than have like that internal freak out every every day. Like you wake yeah. up and you're just like, oh shit. Like Absolutely. here we go again. Absolutely. And um, tying back to therapy as well. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've never experienced, but you know, the more that I like hear other people going through it and like the benefits that people get through it, you know, I I, I want to know more about it. I want to learn more. And um, can you just kind of talk about like how much it's helped you and why it's been beneficial? For sure. Like I was never a therapy person. I never went to therapy until like recently. And I was always like, oh, I need to go like when the anxiety first started happening. But I was just like, ah, I don't need it. Like I'll yeah. be fine. And I think like the big part is like, yeah, there's a lot of therapists out there that are just kind of there to check the box. Like I went through a couple until I found the right person. Um, but I, it, it's funny because obviously there's like different types. The type I did was like CB, CBT, which is like cognitive behavioral therapy. And essentially all it is is just like retraining your brain to like think a certain way. Because like you go into these notions where you're like, I'm going to freak out or this is going to happen. Like, and you just start spiraling and it doesn't do you any justice. And a lot of it is just like, the biggest thing is just like talking to you as if you're like your best friend. Like if you were like feeling uncomfortable, what would your best friend say to you? And just kind of like retraining your brain on like how to think. Um, and it sounds so silly. And even the therapist is like, it's so silly just to talk about, but like, trust me, like you just need to continue to tell yourself these sorts of things. Um, and obviously too, like their main goal is for you to be your own therapist like that, or at least the one that I went to, like he was like, I'm here to help you. and do whatever you like whatever i need to do so like you don't have to come to me anymore yeah um and i think too like a lot of the times like people associate therapy with like something negative happening and i mean obviously i haven't been in a while but i think like you should still be talking to someone that isn't like your friend or your family even when things are going well you know like cause you don't want to just be there when something's wrong like you want to be there to talk through other issues that are happening or had happened in your past or something that's like in your subconscious that you don't necessarily know about um, that you can address when things are going well. So I was never a really big therapy advocate, but now it's expensive, yes, but it's definitely, definitely worth it. It's been sure. beneficial for oh, you. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and it's interesting because that's, um, I think, a good, a good way to put it, like kind of being almost like proactive uh, versus like um, being reactive when mm -hmm. something goes wrong, oh, yeah. then going to therapy. Yeah, totally. It's like, going to therapy as like a proactive action um to reduce the chances of you getting to the point where it's like ah you know mm -hmm. um and that's that's interesting because i think a lot of people struggle with that like altogether. like even when it comes to like going to the doctor 
Yeah, because they don't want to. They it like makes you feel weak or like something like that, or they're just scared. Like they're just scared. Yeah, like Like, even myself. Like I feel like I. I need like I don't. Yeah, I need to go to like I don't go for checkups. You know, like I don't go for checkups. (laughs) And um, it's been a while. And like the last time I've been to the doctor, it was like I went because I was like running out of insurance because I was like finally gonna go self-employed. Yeah, and uh, I was running out of my benefits from my last full-time job that I had. So I was like, well, let me go ahead and use up all my health benefits that I have. So I did like full blood panel tests and like full physical and all that stuff. So, which was like eight months ago, but that was like the first time in like three, four years. I you really know? need it's to do like, that, dude. <laughs> dude, like, which is crazy, like that we do that because especially as we get older. I hate the doctor. Yeah, I, I don't really like it. It's just uncomfortable. Either, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the doctor telling me you're okay. I'm good. Yeah. That's a good feeling. You don't want to hear I'm But I don't want to hear I'm some bad here. news. <laughs> I think that's my fear. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people's fears. Yeah, which is, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad thing. No, I think, I think that is, pretty, I think it's a bad thing. I think it's pretty normal. <laughs> I think that's you. But it's like, but it's also like, there could be something happening that I should probably know. <laughs> no, <about>. yeah. 100%. <laughs> but but hey, feeling that way is very normal. The, uh, the body is, I think, very strong though. And, um, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of times your body will let you know oh, for when sure. it's just like, hey, dude, something's off. Yeah, we don't like you. Me not like me you. not like <laughs> you. Take me to docky. Oh yeah. Um. No, nah, man. I. Uh, yeah. I. I feel like recently therapy has has come come into the the light. I guess uh, because a lot of people are my bringing um, a little bit more attention to going to therapy especially in like the celebrity space like with jonah hill yeah oh you know like how jonah hill show. did that uh stuts. Yeah, yeah exactly so the stuts on netflix i straight up cried while i was watching that it was so good it's powerful man yeah. i mean i feel like there's a lot of things and it's almost like because i watched it and it was almost like um you having a therapy session and now that's when i needed the most too which was yeah. crazy that kind of which is probably why it kind of like broke a little bit yeah too. dude yeah. i was like holy shit this is exactly what i need to hit right, right now. Where, yeah. yeah i was like oh my god dude. yo yeah that's it was it yeah. was yeah dude um if anyone hasn't seen that go check that out um stuts, stuts jonah hill Netflix. um yeah black the black and white i feel like it's so artistic it looks so cool um yeah it was awesome but um but yeah recently therapy has like come into the light and i think that's it's probably good for the world that more people are like especially with going COVID to therapy too. and yeah for sure i think there was like a spike just because you know people are locked in their homes and stuff yeah. like that kind of makes it go crazy a little bit yeah they probably there's probably a lot of cases of like depression and anxiety that like developed over the case yeah. of uh, if that's the case COVID. you should get outside at least go somewhere once a day for sure just, yeah just, just, it'll help because it, if you start staying inside all day and don't go anywhere it definitely definitely fucks you up a little bit yeah would you say um i mean you don't meditate do you uh i try but you no try. not like you wait man no i, I don't need to i have <laughs> i have the calm app Hell and yeah. I, I i was trying to do it but i should could try a little harder to be honest with you hey man well i was talking about this with casey i think it's like um people get in like the mindset of like um i'm bad at this no no no. well like yeah well you know what i'm saying yeah i'm not good at meditating but it's like (laughs) i'm not good at meditating but it's just like there's no definition there's no definition it's just like you just are yeah you are or you aren't you just you aren't good or bad. You just are or you aren't 
or you are not. There's like no right way to meditate. You exactly. Just, you just do what works for you. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like the art of meditation can come in many forms. You know, some people do mantra based, you know, some people just work on breath work. Yeah. <clears throat> some people just focus, focus on like clearing their mind, which I don't necessarily say clear your mind because it's really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. I think there always should be some sort of focus point, whether that be focusing on your breath. I think that's <clears throat> it, like most of it comes down to like that. I feel like and like yeah. scanning, like for instance, like this is a good practice, like um, a visualization technique is to kind of like feel what it feels like on the top of your head and like visualize there's something like right above your head mm -hmm. and then feel what that energy feels like and then just kind of follow it down all like through your body and like through your throat and as you're breathing in follow that breath and you can literally like start to feel like feelings through your body and you can kind of just follow it down to your feet then to the ground and then back up and like focusing on that and whenever you're getting caught up in your mind, like with thoughts, when you get distracted, just recognize that you got distracted and then come back to that mm -hmm. routine. 100%. So, and it's just like, and that's all it is. And it's just like the act of recognizing when you get distracted, I think that's when the real benefits of meditation come through. Mm -hmm. Because you recognizing that you're distracted is is the art of meditation. Yeah. So it's just like, um, yeah, man, I think that's something that can like benefit anybody, you know? And it's just like, if you, uh, if you're, if you're watching this and you're interested in meditation, um, just what I always say is just try to do like five minutes. At, the, at least. Yeah. Just five, five minutes. minutes is perfect amount of time. And it's just like, not very much time. Do it before bed or right after you wake up. Um, I, I, I like to do it in the morning, followed by a stretch, because then it feels really good. Um, and that kind of just sets you up for a clear mind. Um, but man, like that, that paired with therapy, I feel like there's, there's just like some cheat codes. Yeah, man, to dude, life, do you those cheat codes. So going into, I guess, your current work and uh, kind of tying back to like your careers. Yeah. Um, Sunday Goods, The Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona-based brand, one of the biggest brands in Arizona. Sunday Goods is technically like the second biggest uh, grower, or are they number one now? No, so the the farm, I, I specifically work with the farm, which is like our wholesale side right. of things but in it's our brand. in the arm of... So Sunday, Sunday Goods, Goods is our retail stores. So we have two retail stores. And then the farm is like our grow house and our wholesale brand. Uh, so it's technically the farm. So like the farm the owns Sunday Goods. Sunday Goods doesn't own technically, yeah. the farm. Yeah. So uh, oh. yeah, the farm actually was just announced to be the number one cannabis brand in Arizona in equivalent sale, unit sales. So essentially... What does that mean? We've sold the most unit, like we in units sold as opposed to like dollar value. So we're we're creeping up there. Wow. So we've sold the most units uh, of of any brand in the state of Arizona um, through January through April, I believe. So the data is like kind of like a, a month or two back, just because they have to backtrack it. So there's a system called BDSA, which is like the hub for all all information where it comes to cannabis, as far as like. Sales, top brands, SKUs, uh, flavor profiles, strains, all that kind of stuff. Is so it BDSM? Can, BDSA. Oh. Relax. 
Relax. Liquid death over here, bro. Need your enema or whatever, bro. Travis Barker. <laughs> the Travis Barker enema. Now available. <laughs> I had to look that but up. But man, the fucking farm. The farm is number one over... Some big brands. A big brand that shall not be named. Yes. But that's amazing, dude. Yeah. I feel like that's a really big uh, feat. Because Arizona is a really competitive industry. For sure. Especially with all these California brands and yeah. all these big MSOs coming up and buying stuff out. And and as a company too, like our main goal right now is just focusing on the wholesale aspect. Like yeah. our retail stores will do great. We'll be fine. Um, but it's just like, how can we expand our wholesale efforts? And yeah. there's not a lot of brands out there that have what we have, which is like, we have a 300,000 square foot Dutch greenhouse. There's one other brand that has a greenhouse in Arizona. Um, so levels to this shit man. exactly um like we have a great product we, we you know we get those margins because we are directly growing it um and we can just provide for a lot of brands so we're just trying to expand i don't i don't know if there's any plans to expand out of state um but right now it's just kind of tackling here yeah i think a lot of these brands are like so focused on expansion that they kind of they lose lose touch because yeah. they're so worried about going elsewhere instead of dealing with their you know their main markets. So and that kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, one by one tackling the like you know just like tackling exactly. the industry that's close first before you try to go mm -hmm. everywhere. And the and just like with the laws and everything like that, like you technically oh, yeah. can't like you if you're gonna sell weed in another state, it has to be grown in that state, right? So and a lot have of, a separate license in yeah, that state. Yeah, so most of these brands that come from other states, it's just basically they partner with someone like us specifically, and we just use our product and use their branding. It's like white label. Which is so funny. Exactly. A lot of y'all are getting tricked. Uh-huh. Thinking you're read smoking your, read, something read, else. Read your labels. Um, yeah, saying. it always says it on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, to kind of wrap up, man, what's uh, I mean, something you want to bring attention to? What you got going on with the farm? What you guys got coming out soon? Anything you can bring light to in your, you know, personal passions that you got happening? What's happening, bro? Uh, big things coming for the farm. Probably, I don't even know this episode will be out by then, but Go Skate Day 2021. It will not be out by then. No, it won't but... be, but you can always look back on it. Yes. Um, June 21st, also, your boy's day of birth. Yes. Um, we are... We actually partnered up with a, a local homie, Amias Goods.ag on Instagram, if you want to check it out. And we did a custom pool ashtray with the farm logo on it, um, 3D scanned from this pool that we used to skate, a uh, so local sick. pool. We wanted to do the, the campaign shoot there. However, the owner of the house uh, is finally building, so not possible. But Whack. cool campaign there. Um, you know, cannabis and skate culture are always a really, really big thing. Um, other than that, I don't know, man. Just kind of grinding. We got a big Halloween plans and just kind of focusing on the year as a whole. This is our year. You know, we just launched a rebrand. This is our year to kind of, you know, gain market share and put out cool shit like, we, like our high bowl, like our tailgate kit and just yes, continuing to do fun cool. stuff like that. We have something huge for Halloween coming out. I'm going to be doing some drive through activations as well. So stay tuned on that. Um, other than that, personally want to start taking more photos and do more passion yes, projects dude. Which, i would love to help you do yes, that too yeah like, remember when we had the out. youtube channel bro yes, dude, we, i back. don't know why we stopped let's bring it back dude we i'm did. so down bro we get Stop. free free philly cheesesteaks for life dude yes um I mean, 
but yeah, other than that, just gonna kind of take it easy this summer. I'm going to cool. going to Cabo, going to Mexico, gonna get some rays. Never been to Cabo, so it should be fun. Go to that arch, bro. Yep. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I think I'm gonna bring my T2. Um, nice, but I'm not bringing the Leica or anything like that. What what film are you gonna bring? Some Porsche? Uh, I got some Ultramax, some gold, maybe. I don't know. Nice. Whatever works. You hipster. Yeah. But yeah, dude, just kind of be kicking it, taking it a day at a time. Cool, man. Getting get get out of this heat and back to the nice weather. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on Mars, bro. Appreciate um, it. Everybody go follow David online at Yoam Dave on Instagram. Follow the farm at the farm AZ. Farm, right? uh, farm underscore AZ. Farm underscore AZ. Yes, sir. And you probably have to search the whole thing because of shadow banning <laughs> in the cannabis industry. They so be type like that, that thing out. Yes, sir. Um, check out what he's got going on. Follow at on Mars Pod at Harry Mars underscore. Thank you so much, David, for coming, bro. Appreciate My dog. it, brother. Yes, Thank sir. You. Let's go get some lunch. Follow, subscribe, like. Love you guys. Peace. See you next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and watching this episode of the On Mars Pod and for sticking around to the end, man. I really appreciate you guys. You are the real Martians. Like this video, comment below what your favorite part was, what was most inspiring to you. Subscribe to the channel, hit that bell for notifications here on future interviews coming out soon. And also follow us on Instagram at On Mars Pod. Love you guys so much. We will see you next time on Mars. Ah, you know. Live action. Live action. Yeah. Uh, Yeehaw. <laughs>